this beginning. Hello, hello, hello. This is another episode of the Mental Threads Podcast 119. I am here with Jenna Posting, if I'm pronouncing that last part right. No, you're good. Hi, how is everyone doing? Yes, how is everyone doing exactly? Uh, yeah, Miss Jenna is from Winston-Salem. She is now residing here in Charlotte. And you've been in Charlotte for the past, what, five years, I think? Yeah, I moved to Charlotte like in 2017. Okay, and what about Charlotte made you want to move out here? Um, so when I graduated high school, my parents moved to Charlotte whenever I attended ECU. So my freshman year, I was already doing the commute from like coming to Charlotte, coming back to Greenville. Um, so then when I really was always coming home, I really liked the Charlotte vibe. And the business school was really good at UNC Charlotte. So when I applied my freshman spring semester, I got in and got approved. And then that's when I transferred my sophomore year. So that's where I've been at. Okay, cool. So you transferred from ECU to UNCC, basically? I sure did. Okay, cool. When I think about ECU, I'm thinking about it's more like medically based and stuff of that nature. Is it cool? Like their medical field is kind of heavy out there at ECU? Yeah, yeah. They really are known for their nursing program. Um, Because originally that's where my sister went to school and she was doing the nursing program. So yeah, they're really major there. And what's UNCC pretty much known for? Is it just pretty balanced throughout all the subjects or is it just just business schools what they do? Um, it's pretty balanced, but I would really say their hype is like the engineering program there. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's engineering for them. All right, that's nice. That's really, really cool. Like, I'm pretty familiar with UNCC. I know, like, my dad used to take me out there, like, my brother to the library over there to just kind of chill and just do whatever. I don't know why we're always there, but we're just there and uh, stuff of that. So I'm pretty familiar being out there um, and whatnot. Not too familiar with the ECU. And you've only been there for like what? Like it was just like how many semesters? It was two semesters. So like a year, my whole freshman year, I was there. Okay. And how do you uh, describe the experience or just <laughs> the vibe over there at ECU? Was it just was it a party school? I, I, I hear it was a party school, wasn't it? I mean, yeah, it definitely was. Um and that's why, I mean, I don't want to, like, really bash it too much. But I didn't really take the school too serious to where I really wanted to get my degree from there. Um, so my freshman year, I had my fun. It was a good experience. I definitely enjoyed it. But when I decided to transfer, it was mainly because, like, I didn't like the fact that Greenville without ECU is nothing. But Charlotte is Charlotte without UNC Charlotte. So, like, there's more things to do. There's more things to grow here. And I just didn't see myself being able to develop there for the next three more years. So... I just made the move, made the leap. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, I once knew a guy um, who used to go to ECU. He graduated from there, like, years ago, I remember. Uh, I was working with him at Live Nation. We were, like, working at concerts and everything. And he told me, like, really, like, there was nothing to do at ECU but, like, party or just, like, you know, like, smoke weed or whatever. And then yeah. that's what you did. It definitely was a party school. I had a good time. Um, and that's where, when I first came to UNC Charlotte, kind of was like a transition for me because on Monday night at ECU, like I felt like everyone was going out, like that was an option. But when I came to UNC Charlotte, it was more people who actually like was there to go to school. Like there was a lot of people at ECU. I had to have two separate friend groups because the party people did not know where the library was at. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you had to make sure that you filtered your mind at ECU so you won't be too distracted because I, my grades, thank God, were all so good. But that's why I was able to transfer. But there was a lot of people who went to ECU and went left really and just never really graduated or did anything mm, flunked out because you just get so distracted in that environment which is easy to do but gotta remember what you're in school for 
Wow, that's crazy because like I go to like an HBCU and everything, which okay. is like so. It's like I went to North Carolina Central University. Like that's where I uh, I I really transferred. I like I know I told you about how like I literally went to CPCC for a while and then I was struggling there. So then I had to separate myself from people that I was there mm-hmm. to go to Rowan at Cabarrus uh, Community College. I was in Concord and everything. Really had to separate myself, and then from then on. Like, I transferred directly to North Carolina Central University. And, like, yeah, we had our little party vibes here and here and there. But it's like, once you went to, like, maybe, like, a couple of them, it was like, you already feel like you already went to all of them anyway. And so then you were just kind of focused on school from that point yeah. on and everything of that nature. Well, you say you were kind of on the same timing, like, individually. Like, you just went to a couple parties. Like, okay, that was it. Like, it's time for me to focus on school. Without your vibe. Honestly, I had so many different experiences just based on how I was mentally like, I feel like at ECU was when I really kind of had more of my spiritual awakening of, like, my self-reflection. So, like, my mental was so just kind of, like, not really knowing what type of person I wanted to be at ECU, especially because, like, I felt like growing up I played a sport. So I didn't realize how much of my sport became my personality. So when that was removed, then I had almost, like, so much more time than I was used to, like, ECU for me was more of like trying to find myself, but I knew it wasn't supposed to be there. So when I came to UNC Charlotte, it was almost like, I don't know, the activities that I did was a lot more on a darker moment. Like that's when I started smoking more, I feel like drinking more and became more of like an alcoholic. And it's actually surprising that I say that because, you know, I did attend at ECU, but I really like became worse when I went to UNC Charlotte just because my thoughts were more deeper and I was just more just like mentally stressed out. Like college is stressful. Like, I don't know about you, but it really is like an intense experience. If like, especially me, I was a first generation. Um, so congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. So it was a lot more for me to like kind of adapt. Um, so yeah, it's definitely been intense, but I definitely enjoyed the city of Charlotte way more than any opportunity that Greenville could have given me for sure. Okay, well, that's cool that you look at uh, your time here at Charlotte a, a little bit more positively yeah. and stuff of that nature. I know, like, you're speaking about how, like, at ECU, it's just like you're just trying to basically find yourself and trying to mm-hmm. figure yourself out. And then you knew that you didn't want to, like, stick there and everything. So it's like, describe, like, just how things kind of got, like, more positive for you when you went to NCCU, if you could go deeper in that. Because you were there for, like, three years now. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, it must have been, like, a pretty good or positive experience for you, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say, honestly, when things became more positive is when after the pandemic. Because I feel like a pandemic, when the pandemic happened, everyone had their own, like, self-reflection with the time that you were given. Because I was a server, so, you know, that was the first jobs that were really were taken out. So, like, once I realized what I really wanted to do, because everything was, like, at a standstill as far as, like, being forced to be that way, um, I was able to really, like, figure out what I wanted to be. And I remember that summer, I, like, wrote in my journal, I was like, I think, like, I want my own empire. I don't know how I'm going to figure it out. But, like, working for myself has to be the goal because you can't work for somebody else and think you can, like, own your own anything. Um, So that was when I was thinking to myself, okay, well, how could I start my own business? How could I really become an entrepreneur in that way? And it was really, like, a year later, like, 2021, that summer is when I launched everything that I've been doing. 
and it's really been the best decision that I've made as far as forcing me in positive space and kind of building a community that I have now and having the ability to give resources and educate people on the things that I know. Um, so that's why I really, really like just really like Charlotte because there's more people like me than I ever expected because of the people who I have surrounded myself in such like a short period of time of only starting my business for a year. So it's like, I'm just very grateful. And I just know like the decision that I made, it was definitely because coming here and like coming out of my comfort zone at the right time and understanding when I was laying low, that that was the best time and kind of like trusting the process for sure. That's crazy. It's crazy how college can do that for you. Like, you know, it can be kind of intense that moment. You know, it's just, I feel like, I feel like I went through like the biggest transition of my life, you know, because like in high school, like I really wasn't much of like a top, top performer type student. I just Mm kind of wanted to be a class clown and people knew me for like wanting to be like a rapper and everything for a little bit, but it was also pretty tough because I had issues with other, my peers and uh, Mm -hmm. subordinates also throughout uh, my high school uh, tenure and everything. And then trying to transition in the same, weird groups of high school into a community college because like once like once you don't go straight to university y'all go to the same community college so you see them around a lot you're around mm-hmm. those same circles again and then it's just like you know it used to be you begin to struggle a whole lot more although you i started doing good like my grades started getting a little better because i had more time on my hands like you know compared to like high school where it was just like oh you got to get this done blah 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 this way it's like CBC is like, oh, here's the assignment. Just get it done beforehand before this time. Well, okay, I, I, I can calculate the time between that. Mm-hmm. And it was just uh, stuff like that. So it was easier to focus on things like that. Um, but at the same time, I was also struggling another semester. Uh, and I feel like a lot of that was attributed to, like, the circle of people I kept around me. So Unsupportive, just, you know, mm-hmm. just talking i'll put all types of dirt on your name you can't even mm-hmm. focus on yourself because you're so focused on like you know what all sorts of people are saying so i had to really really cut myself off from that group and everything and move forward and this has brought me a lot of positivity in my life you know mm-hmm. i got a lot farther than i ever thought i would i never thought i'd graduate like cum laude or nothing and then oh thank you very much and then like just finding myself um in the business, in the school of business at North Carolina Central University, building myself up, you know, building a reputation for myself, and you know, it's just like I feel like an HBCU environment kind of provided provided that. I don't know, like you know, the whole PWI environments and everything. It just, <laughs> right. I just so yeah, different though. Everything's everything. so different, but you just you usually realize what works for you as you grow mm-hmm. older. And I feel like that's the beautiful thing about college is that you really figure yourself out. Uh, once you focus on yourself, you know, yep. so it's like, that's just, that's just how, like, uh, that's just how I see it. But um, in transition, I know it's like you spoke about how UNCC kind of influenced you to kind of go into business for yourself. In a sense, can you describe the steps it really took to make it to that point? The steps. Honestly, I would say the research and actually being able to, because obviously when I studied marketing and did all the business courses, being able to apply it in real life was something that I had to learn based on trial and error. Um, But I would say the first step that I had to do was really sit down and think to myself, what can I do consistently on a basis where 
how could I really show value to people to make them want to actually spend money with me and actually see me as like helpful and as a resource. Um, so generating that thought was really kind of like it took a lot of brainstorming, a lot of researching to understand what that could really look like for me in the life of Jenna. Um, so the life that I really have created thus far has been literally kind of just going through the experience, knowing that this is the target that I'm going for. And then each person that I'm actually helping, that's why I now say consulting, because I've done so many different roles that I really am not just marketing. Like I make logos, websites. So I've really influenced as far as the branding. So kind of helping people just create just a brand in general is what I really try to push um, with like, you know, my name, Generation Marketing is my brand. And obviously my name's in my brand. So a lot of people always ask me questions like, how did you get to this point? Like, how did you become so creative to create a brand that you really could keep pushing consistently? Um, and that's a goal that I want everyone to have because entrepreneurship, it takes consistency. You can have the best brand in the world, but if you're not reminding people of it, it's going to get forgotten because there's so many people competing with you at the same time. Um, and that's really just takes, you know, just keep pushing that's why i tell people all the time just keep pushing and understanding that it's your journey it's your process yes you got to go at a certain pace but your pace is meant for you at that moment um so that's really the advice i have as far as that oh yeah no i feel that because like being like a because i'm a business student myself man i feel mm -hmm. like that really kind of influenced a lot of my daily habits and i feel like your habits really do make you not just an just not just like as a business person but also mm -hmm. as an individual too mm -hmm. and everything like you got to be really disciplined in like just like how you carry yourself and everything how you articulate yourself and just work about it and do whatever you can to really work about uh whatever i don't want to say your flaws are but whatever your weaknesses exactly. are for instance like I feel like I'm very heavy creative. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like creatively, like just how you mentioned, like you're pretty good at designing logos. I'm pretty, I'm pretty cool at designing logos myself. But in my case, I like to design album covers okay. and stuff of that nature. You know, That's just cool. on the side and everything. I, I, I realized that maybe I'd rather just do it like for my friends now and everything instead of trying to make profit off of it because some people might have different um, software to create more, you know, explosive uh, type of um, designing and stuff of that nature. Mm -hmm. So I'd rather just do it for my friends so that, you know, they could be like, oh, like, who did this for you? Oh, it's like, oh, this guy right here, he did it for me, like, free exactly. and everything. And just kind of do it. And I know a lot of the wise thing will be like, if you do something, well, don't do it for free. But I feel like That's at the same time, you just have to start off, like, trying to build that discipline for yourself. And now I'm mm -hmm. in a position where it's like, okay, now I can actually pay for the software and everything. I'm transitioning to that end. So maybe I could make it profitable over time. Um, but it's just like, you know, it's just really being a businessman is really just kind of configuring out a service or a product and also making it uh, out where it's like, OK, it stands out, you know, like where it's like, OK, yeah, rolling with this person is probably the best to go um, rather than like going to all the other people, you know, like it's just like some people like to mess with people that are local. Mm -hmm. but some people will rather invest in the uh, companies that aren't like broken down a little like a. Uh, um, like systematic, you know what I'm saying? Like bought in by like bigger, bigger corporations. Some people just like uh, messing with the service. And you know, there's a lot of people I know that go into hair care and do, I hope that stuff is not in the background. You, know? you gotta let it pass, let it pass.
Love the background noise. <laughs> For all who don't know, we are outside, very much outside at the, at the park. <laughs> anyway, um, so as I was saying, it's just like, yeah, just trying to really stand out um, as a brand is very, very important. So it's like things like that always seem to capture my attention. Even as I got older, it's like, you know, how corporations move, like what corporations were doing that to uh, fight their competitors. Like I've been watching videos about like, you know, friends like Pepsi versus Coca-Cola documentaries about that. Friends like what, what type of campaigns were they pushing from the Pepsi, a whole like a new type of soda to like going back to classic again. It's just like all those things is like breaking down human psychology to like know like who wants what and why they want it and why they identify with the product. It's so, it's just, there's something fundamental about it, but also personal about it that I find intriguing mm-hmm. and everything. Uh, was there anything in the business school that you just kind of, or any kind of, anything in the business school that they just kind of like, that kind of stood out to you in terms of just like, you know, like that was intriguing or like I could see like why that could be useful. Anything that you might have learned at all throughout the business school at UNCC? I would say a project that really stuck with me was when I did a paper about creating an omni-channel and it was specifically on Chick-fil-A with how they have created such a, a mass marketing where they had an app, a website, um, everybody knew about Chick-fil-A so that the fact that we studied that brand specifically was something that was interesting because people don't realize like if you see one brand doing something the competitive competitive nature in a way where it's like you can replicate that and it could work for you but you have to be able to take the same time that they're doing because that is again what I keep saying the consistency that's why Chick-fil-A is the most well-known brand is because they consistently created great service in the, the food industry um so it's just like things like that. And another project that I was doing, it was like running campaigns. So that was probably the first thing that I was so grateful for that I did in that class. Um, so I think I was like top 10 in my class as far as like the engagement and the things like that. And that's when I realized like I could really do this for real. And when I started doing it for real for brands and you see results and like now I'm like, OK, I'm really am grateful that I did study marketing and I actually am using it in real life. And it's something that I can actually use forever because at first when I was on the business track, I didn't know what concentration that I wanted to do and wanted to be in. So when I chose social media, I already knew social media was going to blow up way more than when I made that decision. That was before TikTok was even developed. So like social media is just so important and the power of marketing is more influential than anyone thinks based on how real life is actually happening. Without marketing, we wouldn't even be living the way we are right now. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's really deep. Like it's deep. Yeah. It's very deep, and it's like it's always something new, something new. Because I swear, like TikTok wasn't even a thing like five years ago, exactly. And now it's like the main thing in terms of, like hearing new trends, bringing back music throwbacks and everything, introducing generation to new music, mm-hmm. and uh, even like even trying to get other artists on too and stuff in that nature. I find it just so intriguing how things just switch up so quick and how like even Instagram would be the main person trying to take a piece out of everything for Instagram. Mm-hmm. Before Instagram, it was Facebook and then Instagram started taking from Facebook and then started taking from Snapchat. Mm-hmm. Remember when Snapchat was popping and then it's like then Instagram started doing the Insta stories thing and then yeah, like it kind of went down. Off. Snapchat definitely fell off. Yeah, they tried to bring avatars into it and it's like, yeah, but no one really cares about it. Unless you're like mm-hmm. playing Xbox or PlayStation. If you're you still know. using Snapchat, I judge you a little bit. Just a little bit. Oh, I still use it, use it, but not like use it. It's like I swear it's just like it's just something to just look through. Like, oh yeah, that's what they're doing. Like, okay, like some people like drop a little thing thing, but it's like it's so it's like MySpace or like Craigslist now. Like mm-hmm. it's it's weird how Snapchat turned from being like the most popping like Craigslist. But that's the beauty about like social media and everything. Like you know, it really helps like with the market. No one has to pretty much pay to put their poster up no more on a mm-hmm. billboard. 
But yeah, that's kind of tacky now. It's kind of hokey. Like now it's just like you got to put ads on Instagram because oh, yeah. that's the only way it'll be all up in people's faces. Like that's the new newspaper now. Oh, yeah, for sure. Which yeah. is like crazy. Like how, like, you know, how we took it this far and everything. It's only going to get like more intrusive, more personal. Mm-hmm. That's where you'll look up like your favorite clothes or something. Like, oh, I want to get like maybe some overalls. I want to get like this hoodie. Next thing you know, Google ads to show up something. Yeah. Like in Instagram, and it's just like, oh wow, dang, my federal agent is really on top of me oh, now. Yeah, they work overtime. Yeah, and like seriously, like, you know, I'm a music artist, so it's like I get ads all the time <laughs> from like, you know, just beats, free beats, free beats, free beats. And I'm, I have so many free beats now, or like beat packages, like I don't even know where to put them now. Right. At least I'm secure in the beats department, but it's just like, you know, it really says a lot, like how like it's really starting to not only like change the lives of others. In a provocative sense, uh, technology-wise, we're really helping them out personally. Like, wow, I really needed that ad, or wow, I really needed this, and everything. So it's just like, you know, how, how have you used social media for your marketing company uh, to help uh, build your marketing company and uh, build brand awareness for that? Like, how has social media helped you in that? Age? Um, I think the most important thing that I've been using with social media is being able to show kind of like my process and being vulnerable to the audience because you kind of have to show your journey to be able to build connections. Um, And that's why whenever I rebranded my company to where I'm now speaking about breaking generational curses, because that's something that has affected me personally. So when I speak about why I became an entrepreneur, why I became a business owner, um, my journey is the reason for that. Um, so that's kind of like a segment that I like to use as a pillar for um, a certain amount of content for my page. Um, and on top of that, being able to be seen as an influencer to educate people with my experiences, because when I make mistakes, I always try to show that so that someone can learn or someone can understand that this is just part of the process. So you don't beat yourself up when you're making mistakes in your journey. And that's why I always say like entrepreneurship really is about trial and error, but being able to recover and the quicker you recover is how fast you'll be able to move to the next thing. So that's why with being able to keep your mental health at a prime, at a point of that nature, because when you're going through personal issues, when you are going through bad things, like if you're having a bad day, it can hit a lot harder than when you're having a good day, obviously. Um, so, yeah, just being able to kind of use social media in a positive outlet and to not spread just the negative garbage that's consistently being relayed. I almost call it just propaganda at this point, yeah. um, but just using social media for you know, influencing others in the same mission that you're on is kind of what I've been using for my tactic. Yeah, yeah, very positively and everything. I know there was one influencer I used to follow. I still follow her um, and everything, and it really led me to, like, my online soul family, in a sense, my soul tribe. Mm-hmm. And we all kind of believe in, like, higher consciousness type thing and everything. Exactly. And I need to really touch base with them pretty soon and whatnot. I haven't seen them in a while because, mm-hmm. like, you know, now I got to work and I got to step out and do this podcast situation. You know, got to hit my goals, man. Um, but it's just like, it's just stuff like that. Like things like that can really help you, like bring you closer together with people that, Mm -hmm. that really could help you along your journey too. So it's like, that's like the beauty of social media that like, I really do like, because it's like, there's really like, really anybody can blow up. Anybody can really like make profit off of it Mm -hmm. if they're smart or they, you, you can be lucky sometimes too, but it's like, you know, it's really just, your life can really, really change. Like even with the whole like Lil Nas X, like doing the whole country Mm -hmm. rap song, which was like never heard of. And now it like went diamond and now it's like, he's literally doing other songs too. You know, like it's just like, that's just literally like a good example 
of just like wow like this social media can really change people's lives mm-hmm. for real to a certain extent where it's like now it's like you can't like really ignore him if you like wanted to and everything so it's just like it's just stuff of that nature um and so are there any examples of people that you know maybe influencers that maybe either impacted your life or just a you know that just kind of really took advantage of the whole social media storm honestly the only people that i kind of like look at i feel like i don't really fully respect just because i feel like they've used their platform not for all positivity based on the behaviors that they've changed but an example that i always will look at is kim kardashian mm-hmm. everyone always knows that she really took over social media she's really one of the first ones who used social media as her advantage um but the negative things that she's kind of portrayed is kind of like the fake body types things like that so it's really not body positivity and the negative influence on that you can see the results of how many people have a bbl now mm-hmm. And everyone knows the Kardashians kind of ran that. Um, So I really see the negative side of marketing and how that is being influenced. So then when I kind of do that, I kind of flip it in the opposite of how I want to move and how I want to maneuver. Um, And also another important thing is be able to have collaborations and being able to create a community in that way so that you have people reposting your stuff. You're doing like what you're doing right now, interviewing other people. This is all ways to connect the dots for other people to kind of move together if we're all coming, you know, up in the same wave. Um, So I think it's really good what you're doing as far as that and kind of connecting people and building your own community because you know i'm now what 119 episodes there's other people in this where it's like we all can listen to each other's stories and be like wow like we really were on one project and this is actually something that could be influential so yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just I believe in consistency and really just, you know, hearing other people's opinions mm-hmm. and self-reflections on things. And so I don't know if it's a gift or it's like something, maybe a strength that I have. I just I'm yeah. good at just having conversations with all sorts of people. Like we didn't even know each other. Now we're having like a whole <laughs> conversation exactly. just off the just off the strength of just us, like having certain viewpoints on social media and just going through the transit through college and like mm-hmm. the business school in general. Yeah. But it's just like, yeah, it's just simple things like that. Like lots of people want to hear things about that um in terms of just you know you know business and just you know college and just influence type stuff as a whole you know it's really all about relating to others you know everybody we all are individuals to a certain degree but we all live uh, through certain cycles where it's like it's kind of similar like they might be stuck in the same circle you know i I interview someone who might have deal with depression or drug use Mm -hmm. and everything how they overcome it i could interview people who have been overcome poverty and managed to get their doctorate and stuff of that nature i can interview people who have certain who notices certain patterns about you know the education system and all the flaws that come with that so it's like you know it's like i never want i never like to keep my interviews to just like one type of people like only artists and stuff of that nature i like to hear from all types of backgrounds right and stuff of that nature and it's just like after when i get to my 150 mark then i can really push it out there out there mm-hmm. maybe even get some merchandise something you know stuff of that nature really get it organized yeah. too um but i just want to hit, get a i want to get a certain number of content out before i really mm-hmm. like do all that so it's like you know i really do appreciate you once again for hopping on um but if we were to go into detail i know we we're like even talking about a whole lot about uh, social media things and which we'll hop back on that soon but it's like uh, i want to go into detail about like your life in winston-salem before coming to charlotte you know like mm-hmm. you know it's just like, like like what was your background i know you mentioned that you're like like more of a sporty type from what i understand like what, what, what type of sports did you play yeah um i was a tom girl like I came from a very small town. Like, I was kind of the outskirts of Winston. Um, It was a town called Rohal. So it was really in the country, 
close knit. Everyone knew everyone. Um, so that's kind of how like I kind of grew up kind of already in a community of like when you went to the elementary school, everyone went to the same middle school and then everyone went to the same high school. It was just like you were stuck with the same people. Um, but when I played soccer, that was the main sport that I played. Um, oh, okay. It was literally my life. Like I played all the time, like almost every day. And I really was on track to play in college, but it was just kind of a decision that I made where I was like, I want to see what my life was going to be like without it, since it was such a huge milestone for me that I was playing that sport, um, especially in, like the city that I was in. So, yeah. Okay, I would. I don't know why I assume like maybe you play volleyball or something like that. <laughs> Did you ever play volleyball? Or is this one your thing? Nah, only sports I played I've ever tried was basketball. I didn't like that. I did dance for a little bit in soccer. Like that was it. I could honestly play any sport. I had like a really natural ability, but nah, did not play volleyball. People also think I played softball. No. Yeah, yeah that was my second thing. Like, <laughs> was softball your thing, or right, so soccer was like your main main thing. Yes, that was it. Okay, and what soccer teams or soccer clubs are you like, um, like more of a fan of? You like Arsenal? Are you Barcelona? Or uh, like, what's I don't know a whole lot about soccer teams. Like no, no, you're good. Honestly, the only thing I ever really follow is the women's USA team. Um, I just support women's sports, but that's really the only team that I really will watch consistently when it comes to like the World Cup level. Oh, okay. So, yeah, you need to get into it. It's fun. Yeah, no, seriously. Like, it's like, because I be seeing how the jerseys look like the Fly Emirates. I'm like, I don't want to wear it. And it's like, <laughs> what do you know about Fly Emirates? It's like, right, right. it's Fly and it's Emirates. That's all I know. It's like, and stuff. Like, that's one of the, you know, I want to get into hockey because I like their jerseys too. Mm-hmm. But honestly, like, soccer's pretty, like, um, there was something like my father was into a whole lot, but I didn't really get into it and everything. I tried to get into it, but I was, I had ADHD like crazy as a kid. So I was not yeah. paying attention. Like, so that soccer passed me. It was like, oh, snap. And it's just like, <laughs> Then I'm back in space again. In shape, it kept me in shape, and it was a good outlet for me. Like I didn't realize how bad, like what type of anger issues I had until I stopped playing that sport. I didn't realize how much of like an outlet it was for me. Um, But yeah, that's really what soccer got me through a lot. I feel like as a kid, like I don't know if I what type of child I would have been without it for real. Yeah, sure. Everybody has their passions and everything. I think for me, it was like poetry and music for me and like, yeah. I guess, soccer for you and everything. Uh, uh, did they have like certain positions in soccer that you played or whatever? Like what, what position did you play? I'm honest with you. Through everything, I've played almost every single one, but I finished off like with defense is mainly like was my main role that I played. So, yeah. Okay, that's cool. And how, how did that work with you? Like, you like um, how did that work? I know you don't work like a goalkeeper type person for sure. I mean, I've actually goalkeeped like a couple times, but defense was mainly just like my main position that I played where I always, I mean, you have to be fast to play defense because you have to catch the forwards that score. So I don't know, I kind of always, people always told me I played almost like a powerhouse, like how I moved and how I was able to just be like super aggressive. That's why, like, oh. yeah. I don't, how can people be aggressive in soccer? Because I don't. I, I used to play FIFA growing up, mm-hmm. and like the moment I kicked somebody, I was getting a card. So it's just like, so were you were you putting those uh, racking up a whole lot of yellow cards and red cards? No, no, no. The reason why I was good at it is because I knew exactly what to do to not get called. Because you have to make sure you have to do certain things that you can't have your elbow up. Obviously, you can't like trip somebody. So like, once you learn how you can move your body to where they can't, you know call anything that's why honestly why i was so good at it 
okay that's cool that you know about it like so that much I, I never understood it as a kid i was like yeah. i was so young playing fever i'm like god mm-hmm. tripped him so and then you got a yellow card and then you had to sit on the bench i'm like oh what i do and everything like oh dang i'm not gonna lie the men's they pull the card more like i think women play a lot more harder and more aggressive in my mm-hmm. opinion every time i watch men play it's just it's just not the same for me it's not the same you feel like maybe because you just don't relate or is it just like you know it's just like what it's just not something you're, not something you're into or what's like you just can't relate to it um, it's just how they play. They're kind of more willing to like fall, trip, you know, whine. I don't know. It's just oh. a different style. Oh, okay. Do you feel like women have to like play a little bit tougher and it's sort of like not be seen as like, oh, like they're weak or they're softer and of that nature? I mean, I don't think that's even that. I just think it's just how we play. Oh, like, it's just, play. yeah. It's got to play hard. <laughs> I don't want to say hard in the paint because they ain't no paint. Hard in the chalk. Hard in the soccer shock. Yeah. Grass shock. Yeah, we can say that. Okay. We can say that. Playing hard in the chalk. Mm. You heard it here from Miss Jenna Post <laughs> <laughs> and everything. <laughs> Sponsored by Nike. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but anyway, back on the whole social media thing um, and stuff of that nature, we could go on about soccer for like, who knows? Yeah, no, no we um, don't have to. No, no, no. Don't have to. But it's like, I don't know, I'm like, you know, you're in about it. It's pretty intriguing. Actually, you know what? So get back. Who's your favorite player? Like, I don't know. Me and him. Me and Ham? Mm-hmm. Okay, I thought you were saying me and nobody else. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that's what you said. I'm like, what, me? You know, oh, okay. I guess she's really on top of her ability. Okay, Mia Ham. She plays for the American team, correct? Yeah, she did. She was really well known. So in the um, soccer community, especially if you were a girl, like every girl like looked up to Mia Ham. So. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to look her up because it's like, you know, it's just like, I don't know. Like, they say Mia Ham. I'm thinking about like Christmas Ham or whatnot. <laughs> like, that's the first thing that's popping in my head. My head's like Google Images, like mm-hmm. Mia. Ham. Okay, let's. Right, I'll look her up. I'll see like what she's into and everything. She plays mostly defensively, like you. She was a forward. Oh, forward. Mm-hmm. She forward. was super fast. Okay, forward is like uh, that's a score. Score. Yeah. Okay. They okay. shoot. <laughs> keep in mind, like this is a soccer player literally schooling a person that doesn't really keep up with soccer. So I was like, you know. Understood. Understood. Please forgive me, all the soccer fans out there. It's like, oh, forward. Like actually, she moved in forward or something. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> shout out to Mia Ham. Uh, what's her slogan? It's not just do it, is it? It's not. What's her slogan? I don't know her slogan. I don't know everything about her, but you just know that she's Mia Ham and she's a forward. She's like that, yeah. And she's like that. Okay, mm-hmm. that's her. That's her slogan. Yep. Like that. She's like that. She goes forward like that. <laughs> of course. Anyway, um. Anyway, okay. All right. Back to the whole uh, uh, talk about social media and everything. I don't understand that you're like a marketing uh, brand marketing person. I don't know why I even said it like that. Can you uh, say oh. marketing guru. I get called that. Okay, marketing guru. Okay, that's yep. nice. All right, that's <laughs> all right. That's that's a good tagline for someone that knows a lot about marketing. Mm-hmm. Um. So it's like you know how uh, I don't know if I asked this question before, but it's like when it comes to like uh, social media, is how have you utilized uh, social media to help your clients and stuff? of that nature and to what extent um so i became brand ambassadors for my clients in different ways where if they have a service and they need someone to create content for them i always will use their services to promote whatever they're doing that's why with the photo shoots that i've been doing recently it's because the two photographers that i've been working with i'm their brand ambassador to kind of show the work that they do based on modeling what they're doing for me um so actually kind of learning that tactic and use that as my own type of currency has been very successful for me to be able to have access to the things that i have access to that i'm so grateful for um so yeah that's kind of like what i've learned because you know when you make collaborative posts on instagram that's what I really, really hope because you're using both your followings to kind of push that one post. Um, 
So yeah, I've been kind of using that strategy for my advantage and to kind of create a win-win relationship for a collaboration so that they have someone that's constantly pushing them and pushing their brand as well as I'm pushing mine as also. Okay, cool. That, yeah, this seems to break it down a whole lot uh, simplistically and whatnot. <laughs> Can you like um, break it down for like uh, give like an example of one of your clients? You ain't got to really like you know like tell who who, but it's like if you can pretty much go um, into the discussion about like a client that you help in such a matter that really really changed uh, their brand or whatever for the positive. Yes, I definitely am speaking for the things that I've heard as far as client testimonials. Um, cam with the cam was my first kind of collaboration. I told him that I never got my graduate shots done um, since I graduated in 2020. So I told him, I was like, it's really important for me. I'm a first generation. I want my kids to be able to see something. Um, he was like, oh, cool, let's do a photo shoot. You know, I won't charge you for it. Like, let's get it. And so whenever we did our photo shoot together, well, actually, no, let me restate that. I did a business photo shoot with him first. And when he did that, I gained so many clients for him when I posted it. So he already saw so much value of like, wow, like I did work with you and instantly got more clients. And that's the goal anyways, when you do, when you're building your portfolio, yes, you love what you do, but you got to keep find a way to make money off of what you love. Um, so yeah, that situation was really a beautiful experience. And then he connected me with three other photographers. So then now I'm created kind of more of like a web of having access to multiple photographers, multiple videographers. So now my other clients can also, if they need something, can call me on that. So it's like, that's what I've realized really quickly, like connecting with more people and exchanging services will only benefit everyone else around me. Oh, yeah. No, I can understand that, too. I mean, networking is very crucial in terms mm -hmm. of like, because like, you know, you could re be able to like offer people to other folk um, that have a service and everything. Like, for instance, I was working when I was making my mixtape, my first mixtape, Ego Trip, go check that out um, and whatnot. Um, uh, well, this one guy uh, by the name of uh, Gage, he goes by uh, Alex made this um, and whatnot. I pretty much working with him and just telling people about the prices he's giving me and stuff of that nature and the deals he's giving me a lot of people are interested oh can you hook me up with that producer that worked with you and stuff of that nature mm -hmm. and even by meeting him it was only because like some guy I knew in middle school from 7th grade who I haven't even seen in years right. I saw him on social media it's like yeah sure I can hook you up with like somebody and like here you go like networking is so crucial to like make or break you like even to meet a stage where I can actually drop a mix I always wondered for years how is that going to work how is that process going to work will I be able to fund it and everything and now like my main like focus on when it comes to me was like how can I get back in the studio again yeah. uh, and try to find the funding to get back there again and everything because it becomes a urge after a while so it's like networking is very very mm -hmm. very very important is there anybody that you ever networked with uh, outside of photography that was just like very helpful towards you or towards another client um, another example that I had I would say is the girl who does my waxes um we kind of have the same type of exchange where i promote her and it's things like that where i'm like all right next step i want to be able to find someone to do my nails and kind of give that same type of experience so to be able to exchange services where i'm literally just promoting them freely and they don't even have to ask and realizing how valuable that is it's kind of been my exchange of like understanding how powerful like what I do for people and how they appreciate it. And then another collaboration that I've done um, is with my car club people. 
Ronnie, he's been doing it since he was 15, and I'm able to connect them where they can actually have car shows at the different locations that I have also. So it's just been fun to be able to do my job and then see someone else with me do what they love to do in the same space. Um, that's why now when I'm getting into my event planning and kind of collabing with what I'm doing now, it's even growing even more because now all my small business owners can be vendors at my events. Mm. So it's like all like an eat, eat, win, win situation. And that's just how I naturally think. That's a very abundant way of thinking, to be honest. Like, cause it really just kind of works like dominoes. The so one thing leads to another, and everything. You're you're doing this way better than I am. So like, I'm 24. I'm like, dang. Like, he, she's doing the things I'm dreaming of doing, yeah. and everything. So it's cool that you actually got your mindset set on that. Mm-hmm. Would you say it's like your habits or just your mindset that kind of like helps influence uh, your success to a certain degree? So it's just a mixture of both. I think my failures was due to the fact that who I am is because I didn't have that at the time. So I'm almost mirroring what benefited me when I was by myself doing things alone. So it's like I feel like that's kind of my benefit of when I fell on my feet based on the resources that I had was due to the fact that they weren't good resources. So I always try to not think greedy, always think about how I can make someone else beneficial to not just myself. But like even if you pay a service with me, we have a long lasting relationship regardless. Mm. So it's like I try to create a relationship and kind of a benefit to where like I would keep saying a win-win situation because in some of my collaborations, when I first started, I made a lot of mistakes due to that because I was pouring more into them, but they weren't pouring into me at all. Um, so again, I just kind of model what I've always wanted and what I know people should be so that when people meet me, they're almost shocked. Like we have been going through bad business back to back. It's almost a relief when they meet me and they realize how giving that I am. But I also have to realize I had to set boundaries for myself because in my way of trying to be on the almighty, like I've been burned also. So it's like, keeps me going though because obviously the good collaborations that I stated another shout out is Cam Kodak he's another photographer that I work with they've all made me realize why I'm doing what I'm doing because the right people will get connected to you regardless so yes heavy on that the right people <laughs> always get connected once exactly. you're re- once you're really stuck on your purpose the right people really do come through yeah. and everything like literally like it's so crazy like how like even you even said that because i feel like even with doing this podcast situation it inter- introduced me to a whole lot of other people for exactly. sure like even you you do the whole marketing thing i've interviewed people that have multiple side hustles who throw events um i interview people who like other artists and everything so it's like maybe down the line like maybe if they want to hook me up with an opportunity or if I get down the line and I want to hook up them up with an opportunity yeah. like the options there so that's why I work so hard mm-hmm. because it's not just yourself you're working hard for you can really help change other people's lives exactly. through like you know you can really your opportunities that you hit you can also help give other people opportunities that can also yep. change your life and I want to be the person that if I do have an opportunity I wanted that, that I can give like uh, shine to other people mm-hmm. and everything I definitely want to be on the side that's helping people uh, shine more so that being the one that kind of dims out their light or tries to compete against them right. and i feel like that could also help play in other people's success too because mm-hmm. you can't be too selfish in this world and think you can get by because that will, that will make you very stagnant and incapable of like moving forward and stuff and you know, you, you know progress can't be stale man and you got to learn from everywhere and god don't like ugly Yes, God doesn't like ugly. Uh, I don't really know exactly what God would consider ugly and everything. It's just like ugly, like in behavior, ugly, or like you know, looks ugly. I, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like beauty is is very. It's just it's it's. it's it, I, I don't want to say subjective. Let's just say it's just it's it's 
Relative. There we go. Relative. That's that term. Internal beauty is everlasting, though. Yes, yes, very much so. Internal beauty is everlasting. For you know, it's like, I don't know, well, they made a Disney movie about like what, Beauty <laughs> and the Beast. Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. He was hairy, but he, he still got the girl. Okay, exactly, there, there. exactly. And they broke the curse. <laughs> anyway, but um, anyway, going deeper into your interests and everything. Uh, outside of soccer, what other interests uh, do you have? Are you like an anime person? Do you read a whole lot of books? Or what's your thing? Um, honestly, my interest is really like listening to music. I've actually um, made a song. I haven't dropped it or anything. It's actually something I've just been just like playing around with. But um, my interest really is just like I try everything. Like I'm just so into just trying new things and kind of figuring out new hobbies, meeting new people, going to networking events and just like kind of being the sociable person that I'm literally just meant naturally to be. And I feel like like you, for an example, being able to willingly do interviews and have conversations. It's a gift. It's a talent. So kind of using my talent for good usage is kind of like what I do for my free time. And people say think I'm crazy because I'm always just thinking of new things to do. Like, I want to write books, things like that. Yeah, that's good. Do all that. I'd be thinking the same thing, yeah. too. Like, I, 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 this whole podcast thing started on a vision board with, like, mm-hmm. a cool logo. I know you've seen the logo. How do you feel about the logo? Yeah, I love it. She loves the logo, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, it's super dope. I mean, honestly, I'm about to start my own podcast and do my own collaboration. So, like, that's why doing interviews like this, I'm always willing to do because I want to keep practicing talking because people don't realize like talking to a phone is harder than what you would think Mm -hmm. like having to like not stutter you know clear your mind of what you want to say like it really does take practice yeah man i imagine i have to do this like a hundred over a hundred times i meet all types of people and try to connect with their energy and some people might not give you the same energy of Mm -hmm. like actually trying to converse with you so sometimes you got to carry the whole interview sometimes that can be very frustrating like dude you took time out of your day to give like (laughs) half-assed answers and everything exactly. but even then i can't even get mad because at least they still showed up <laughs> at the same token i'm just saying it's just it's just it so that's why i always try to hit that 30 to mark to an hour mark to give everybody the same respect mm-hmm. and that's good that you want to go into like writing books and uh, also uh, doing a podcast yourself and everything mm-hmm. it's always good to challenge yourself while you're young and everything to exactly. see how far you can take something i never thought i could take something like this past 100 episodes and everything mm-hmm. just to have like maybe once i hit 150 and then like maybe i could put it out there out there maybe add some video and stuff of that nature this thing really became a big part of my life outside of music too so it's just like you know i want to write books also and stuff it's just it's just something like while you're young it's good to just do all sides of things maybe i want to get into acting too like maybe Heck somewhere down yeah, the line definitely do want to consider it and everything so and honestly it starts to become addicting mm-hmm. like when you start to like really accomplish your goals you're like holy cow like i didn't think i even would do that mm-hmm. so then when you get to the next milestone it's like what more else can you do Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, seriously, like challenging yourself with milestones and everything, that's going to carry you like in life so heavy mm-hmm. and everything. you got to have goals for yourself. If you really want to get someplace and everything, you really got to set a marker for yourself. Like, okay, I got to reach this place before this time. My goal for this year was reach 150 episodes. And now I'm like about after you, it'll be 31 episodes away, nice. which is crazy. Which is like, will be a lot of content. It would take like two interviews a day for 15 days. And then it's just like, you know, like then then it's a wrap or you know but then sometimes people flake out some people don't want to some people might want to do it and then scheduling happens like all weird like maybe i'm not able to make the schedule or i fall asleep i literally almost took a nap in the car like i was just taking like a little power nap (laughs) oh my gosh what time it is it's four o'clock good good i didn't sleep past it right right. because i'd be like i beat myself up on it too like oh my god i can't believe i slept in the car and it's just like oh man but then it was like you know you're able to make for the 
the interview process and everything and we're mm-hmm. able to get this stuff situated so i appreciate you once again um for hopping on and you know after Absolutely. this i want to be able to raise brand awareness is there any chance that your services could probably help me uh raise brand awareness too for like my podcast absolutely i love to tap in with anybody um i'm at this point anyone who i can find that has the same type of mindset as me the same type of goal because the goal is honestly is to push for generational wealth and create a brand so powerful that you can pass it down um so anyone that has that same mindset is really kind of who i connect with so yeah, yes tapping in yeah no seriously like i really really do because that's all i think about is like really how could i change things how could i really uh shift everything in my family dynamic to really push to a more affluent uh more affluent a uh, stage uh or level or status for my family you know because I, I imagine myself uh buying a big house you know raising a family in that house and everything and also building general uh generational wealth from there mm-hmm. and it takes a lot of effort to build that discipline to really step out your circle to do something sure outside does. like some people are content creators some people go into sports some people do this that and the third some mm-hmm. people do a mixture of things i would like to be the person that does a mixture of things because if it isn't one thing it'll be another thing and then it would just all just kind of like you know reflect on each other you know what i'm saying like joe rogan does the whole commenting for ufc uh fights and everything mma fights and then on top of that he's also a comedian and then he does the whole podcasting but a lot of people know him more from the podcasting than he does exactly so it just it just kind of bleeds into life you know the more you discipline in one area it kind of just bleeds in the other end of that mm-hmm. area and stuff of it's that really area. all about wearing multiple hats and being able to juggle um that's why a lot of people respect me because they're like yeah you really are an entrepreneur because you do all aspects of everything where you could play certain roles for like different people um so people just have to kind of find a balance and have time management and that's how you're able to really juggle everything yeah time management is that's one thing i really really learned in college too back on the whole college time management is so crucial man it's like one of them assignments they're due like at 12 or a certain day Every, all the time in between and it's really just I would do assignments so early like dates in advance so I won't even have to worry about it so by the time it's like oh my god that, oh wait no I did it I already did that assignments already right. <laughs> and stuff of that nature so it's like I really do think college really instilling that work ethic into me and everything to know like well I can oh, really do oh going on in Charlotte here they go oh yeah <laughs> that, that's an emergency cart yeah. wow. another one <laughs> in Elk County I don't even know it's Erdl County I, I don't know what I county and everything but it's like all right back to the whole uh, transition from like winston-salem to mm-hmm. charlotte and stuff of that nature so it's just um so your transition from winston yeah you saw it as like a little small town and everything and like transitioning from charlotte which happens to be like the biggest metropolitan city in north carolina mm-hmm. and everything um but you you stay in an apartment right yes i stay over in uptown now Oh, okay, cool. That's cool. And it's all because of, like, uh, the brand awareness marketing thing that you do that's really helping you live? Or is that, do you, like, do any other jobs outside of that? Um, so in the beginning, when I first launched Generation Marketing, I was actually working a nine-to-five because um, that was the first thing that I did when I first graduated. I applied every single corporate job that I could find to kind of get me started in the corporate world. Um, so I worked for a company called Trinet. It was a remote job. I did that for a year. And then I made that decision kind of to just stop because that nine to five is completely taking over. And I couldn't like focus on what I want to focus and pour my energy in generation marketing because it was getting to the point where I was booking meetings while I was working. So I was doing both things at the same time. Like honestly, when I was developing generation marketing, it was while I was working at Trinet. Mm-hmm. So I was really finessing my time. 
And I hate to say that because I feel like when they hear it, they're probably like, wow, she really wasn't working like that. But I was. But it was just like, you know, if I had time to go to a meeting, I definitely was going to go to the meeting. And then I would bring my laptop with me and kind of work at the same time. So I was literally kind of killing two birds at one stone. And that became overly exhausting to where I got burned out so fast and I could see my mental just really like depleting. So I just really made a decision to fully commit to my company. And it's been amazing since I've done that since May. Yeah, man, I'm telling you, like, trying to stay on top of that is so, 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 so tough, man, I swear. Like, even, like, this podcast situation, like, to find people at the same time, mm-hmm. made at the same time, then try to space different interviews from the time you finish that interview to the going to meet at the next place. I, I know I got to go all the way out and conquer Mills area for my next interview around 6 and everything. Um, and then it's just, like, you know, trying to make time for that. But also, I'm a care associate. I work for mm-hmm. Novant. Okay. Orig- yeah, originally, I wanted to be a marketing coordinator. I applied for the marketing coordinator role nice. but they told me to just stick there until they can bump me up and then i'm getting like phone calls from year one to see if maybe they can probably hook me up on the on the next core horde of uh, uh business students and everything to see if they can hook us up with like corporate jobs so like, i'm actually at a crossroads again because now it's like i gotta work a job from 10 45 to 7 a.m find some time to sleep and then also hop on on zoom for this whole class from mm-hmm. eight to five so that leaves me like four hours in between to actually like rest up and i actually get ready for work and keeping that going so i got to like november 15 for that to start and i really just want to do both because it's like you know what if they don't bump me up to marketing coordinator like as soon as i think exactly. it was and then i'm just stuck you know like I, I don't mind taking vitals and everything and doing all this other stuff but you know but at the same time it's like i'm a business student like you know it's just i'm trying to get more in my lane of like marketing and stuff of that nature so so at least before i uh consider transitioning to washington dc and stuff of that nature because that's why I'm trying to go to grad school for Howard University is definitely going through there mm-hmm. um, but back on the whole transition and everything you know Charlotte as a city would you say like this is a pretty good city um, to get invested in if you're a business student or just just in general like a uh, business uh, type person and stuff of that nature I would say so I definitely feel like the opportunities are here you just have to go get them you can't think they're going to fall in your lap Um, But at least you have a space where if you really have that time to do it or you really want to do it, you will be successful based on who you can like connect yourself with. Um, I will say, though, there's a lot of lot of bad business in Charlotte. You have to be careful with that Um, just because I feel like the Charlotte like city is kind of growing. And since they're kind of a lot of people from up north are pouring into Charlotte, we're now with all different types of people, not just Charlotte natives, things like that. So it's becoming more open in that way where we're no longer just like a local city like we're the most upcoming city i think we're now like number seven Mm. or something like that um so yeah i think to be successful in charlotte you just have to really stay grounded and kind of protect yourself in certain ways with which i was saying create boundaries for yourself to make sure you maneuver in the best way possible oh yeah 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 (laughs) definitely gotta maneuver the best way possible i know i interviewed someone who was like from delaware spent some time in indiana and actually works corporate for bank of america Mm -hmm. and stuff of that nature so it's just like you know because i'm a business student but even like getting in the corporate like field and everything it's such like a huge thing i didn't get no internship while i was in college and everything i was just working here and there and so that's one of my biggest regrets is not getting an internship because i would have like secured me a job on the way out but it's like yeah i did an unpaid internship so that was its own experience so just depends did i help you uh professionally i will say yes because i realized what i did since i did it for free my only motivation was to get up was the fact that i loved what i did so that's when i realized i was in the right niche but 
unpaid internships are honestly just cruel and they should never exist. And that's all I'm going to say. Yeah, no, seriously. Like, I was so hurt when I didn't get an internship. I was offered, like, through Thurgood Marshall and everything uh, to hop on uh, for this whole interview process, a group interview for Universal Music Group. And I'm like, yes! And then it's just like I was into it and everything. I was doing what I needed to do. But I think it was how I dressed. I think it was how I was dressed. I kind of threw people off because I wasn't in a suit. Which is why I wear a suit. Like, well, I'm so happy to wear a suit now. Mm-hmm. But it's like because it was just so last minute and I was wearing a hat and everything. Like, basically, like, you, you know the same snow cap that, like, you ever watched movie home alone that yes. uh that short short uh italian dude with the high pitch you know what i'm yeah, saying yeah, I know you're talking about. yeah like i was wearing stuff like that and it's just like with the no like coat over like a collar shirt and everything and no tie so it's just like oh man i really hope they do take me based on my uh behavior but they never got back to me that hurt my feeling i'm like no i wanted to work <laughs> for them right that was my passion music and right. business part of the process you gotta take some l's really gotta take some l's <laughs> and everything humbles you quickly humbles you quick yeah, no, seriously, can't definitely can't quit out here. Um, but it's like, um, yeah, I know it's like since you've been living in Charlotte and everything. What has your experience with it been a uh, person? I know we spoke about it for a little bit, but like on a social level, like connecting, like you know, you're not really much of a nightlife person, are you? I am. Oh, you are. Okay, cool. I didn't get to the nightlife out here. I'm more interested in the nightlife in DC. So like, yeah, so I hit the nightlife when I was in school. Like whenever I turned 21, I definitely was going out a lot, like a lot, a lot. Um, Cause it was almost a point in my semester where I almost dropped out because I lost kind of the reason of why I wanted to go to school. But my kind of journey with that is like, I haven't, it was like a stage. Everyone kind of goes through a bad stage in college when you stop going to class, but you really just don't care. Yeah. And to that earliest CPC. <laughs> yeah. And I kind of hit that road my junior year semester. It was like my fall semester. And I remember I almost like was at that point. And I remember I went to class for the first time in like two and a half weeks and the professor was passing out scantrons. So it was exam. Mm-hmm. So I literally in my head was like, I haven't even studied. How the heck am I going to pass this? Like, I don't even know what's even going on. And I literally got an 87 on that exam. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> but I really felt like at that moment, God told me like, this is your last chance oh. to get it together. And I literally turned my whole semester around you know, made sure I was good. And then the next semester, that's when the pandemic happened. And then I was like, wow, well, great. <laughs> yeah. How did the pandemic hit you for college life? I know for me, it was like, you know, yeah. I mean, I was beginning the transition to be more recluse and introverted anyway. So I was like, kind of happy, like, okay, cool. At least I got a reason. But at the same token, it was just like, you know, you would really expect your college life to be for all four years to just be popping, 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 popping. <laughs> and that's why, that's why it's just kind of like motivated me to go to grad school. Cause I'm like, okay, maybe I get my second chance in grad school yeah. where I can like, okay, I can get my education, but now I can be like popping, popping, popping. <laughs> two years and everything what would you say it was like are they just like just you weren't messing with the whole pandemic era of college i feel like my last year was kind of like stolen from me which i know is so dramatic but it's like i didn't have the experience like the senior experience to be able to walk things like that and um the semester i think it was like spring semester when it happened at first it was trying to say oh it's only gonna last two weeks be online and then i realized so quickly how corporate college really is because we didn't get much of a refund i don't know about you Mm -hmm. i sure didn't I think they gave like a little parking pass refund for me, but I'm like, hold up, this is that, not the beautiful. same experience. Parking, parking, <laughs> don't sleep on that. It's like really, like I so many times I had to wake up and my car was just missing because I didn't park in the parking deck at a certain time. True. Uh, during like when they had football games, I'm like, oh my gosh, where's my car? And I had to go like full inspector gadget. I'm finding my own car, trying to figure out who stole my car. 
I, I lost my car for a couple of days. I didn't know where it was at. I had to like, I had to really chop, really, really, really chop down and trying to figure out where it was at, where it was at. Like, I'm doing all this extra stuff and I don't even know how I got it. Like, that's the thing. Like, I'm just, it's just, it's just blocked out my mind now. It's just like that whole traumatic experience. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Honestly, that's why, like, for me, like, my last year was rough because it was like, I had to be on campus because I'm the type I have to be in class. Like, I have to have that setting for me to stay focused. So, like, that transition online. It was not easy for me at all. But that's why when I finished, I literally feel like I poured everything. That's why when I started Generation Marketing, I almost felt like I birthed something because it's like this is everything that I've sacrificed my time. Everything is now this is what I stood for. Generation Marketing, my knowledge, my skill set. Boom. So like, yeah, the struggles of college is really why I started a business. Yeah, she birthed it, conceived in everything. <laughs> no, seriously. Nine months. No, no, for real. I feel like that. That's why I take it so personal about what I do, because this is literally me. Like, that's why I put my name in everything. Like, it's my knowledge, my resources, my connections that I've gained. So everyone knows when you talk to me or you reach out to Generation Marketing, it's everything. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. I like your energy and everything. I definitely would like to work with you in terms of trying to build my brand too. Mm-hmm. I got the podcast thing. I definitely want to build up my music career a little bit more, which I think I can do with another guy and everything. But yo, just just everything in general. Like you can never have too much marketing. And I did work at a recording studio, so I have a lot of background with music artists. So really, yeah. like you know about A and R's and stuff. Uh huh. Hey, she knows about A <laughs> and R's and stuff. Yeah, that was kind of an opportunity that I thought that I got on um, my last semester when I was in school. Um, I worked for a company. He made me like VP, third day meeting. It was a crazy situation, but I can't really fully speak on it. But um, the good experience of that was being able to work in a recording studio, work with different artists, see how music was actually being made, created. So it was like, it was just interesting to really like see a different experience that you only hear from like iTunes. Like, uh-huh. so seeing the actual creation, I really respect artists. Okay, nice. It definitely hooked me up. I'm really trying to take this music thing to a whole nother level next year. Yeah. So I'm starting the transition, trying to start making a little bit more money. This year was hella tough for me. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm probably taking all that negativity from this year and trying to turn it into something positive for the next. That's really like my biggest focus right now. Right. So these podcasts really do like help me transition uh, with that and uh, stuff for that nature. Um, but it, like go into detail about, you know, Charlotte, just your experiences in Charlotte. You ain't gonna go too, too fed with it. But I'm just saying, just in general, just how positive it was in between, like transition between Winston to Charlotte and stuff of that nature. I, I've been making a whole lot of friends here. Is everybody generally friendly? I, I grew up here. So it's just like, you know, I, just, I didn't really have the most positive experience. That's so why I'm trying to get the <laughs> hell out. But it's like, um, but anyway, but I do appreciate how like my city really is like an underdog city and that we are still mm-hmm. growing. You know, I just, want to go and grow up a little bit more out there and i come back i'm like oh like i'm, I'm stronger I'm, I'm i'm amazing i'm in a suit like i don't know i'm just i, I want to come back as a much better version of myself Definitely. and stuff of that nature but it's like you know leaving your hometown to start over in another city is like a huge transition mm-hmm. what do you say like how would you go into detail about like you know your transition from your hometown here and how that's been a positive for you um i feel like a positive for me is being able to find myself in an organic way with the fact that I'm actually creating something in the city of Charlotte and actually engaging myself with helping people. 
Um, so I think that's really been the most positive thing is that I gained actually healthy, good relationships that we're building together, which I kind of kept saying. But that's really the most thing that I really wanted from Charlotte anyways. Reason why I left my hometown, reason why I transferred from ECU is because Charlotte kind of I knew was a space that I could grow if I just had to be in the right soil. Okay. And that is what's so important about anybody. You have to be in the right soil. And if you're not enriched, keep pushing, keep moving. It's not for you. Don't force it. Okay, nice. That's a good way to end this interview. <laughs> Do you have anything else you want to let the audience know before we buzz off? I, I never say buzz off on this, but it's like since we're in Charlotte, it's a buzz city, whatever. Buzzing off. I don't care. Anything you got to say before you go? Honestly, the only thing I could really say is just kind of stay focused and stay true to yourself. And if you are developing your brand, remind yourself why you're doing it every single day. And that when you have the things that you're trying to accomplish, you're going to have good days, you're going to have bad days. But just like everyone else, you got to keep going. You got to have that influence behind you to where you will motivate someone else. Because if you're motivating and pouring other people, it's going to naturally push you to be the person that you want to be. So yeah, Charlotte is up and coming. Check it out. I'm going to have a lot of events, networking events so if you're trying to get connected find resources just ask literally my dms are always open it really is like like for example she's literally right here i don't know her from anywhere and now we're here talking conversing for like well over an hour okay but that's it for the metal threads podcast episode 119 we're sewing in and now we're sewing out thank you thank you